Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Power Hour here at CGLO 1690 AM in Montreal. My name is William Power. I'm with Dominic Demeester. We are at AFC and NFC Championship Sunday, folks. We had four games this past weekend, a few upsets, a few crazy games, some crazy plays, Dominic. Um, some unexpected things happened this past weekend for sure. Definitely going to dive in and get into those things. We got our championship matchup set, like I said. We got the Bengals playing the Chiefs. We got the 49ers against the Eagles. I am pumped to talk some football, Dominic. Crazy to think there's only three more games left in the NFL season. Felt like just yesterday we were talking mock drafts, preseason. But uh, I'm ready, Dominic, uh, for uh, for a fun show. Yeah, man. It's going to be a great show. We've got some great matchups for the future. And as for last week, whoo, wow, some crazy games. Let's get the show started. For sure, Dominic. I want to jump right into the Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals right away. So, look, we talked about this game, Dominic, um, and I believe both of us picked the Cincinnati Bengals. We got that one right, but the big storyline heading into this game was the offensive line for Cincinnati. Are they going to be able to protect Joe Burrow? How is he going to have enough time to throw? How will Joe Mixon be able to run the football? This Bills defensive line is going to completely eat up this, this Bengals offensive line and Bengals offense. And it was the complete opposite. It was, it was almost like the script was completely flipped. Um, and it was as if the the Bills' defense were the one that were missing players because Joe Burrow had ample time to throw, only getting sacked one time in this game. Joe Mixon running for over 100 yards. Um, and, you know, the Bengals doing basically whatever they wanted on offense, Dominic. They only scored 27 points, but I believe that's misleading because a lot of it was them chewing the clock. They could have scored 50-plus if they wanted to. And I, I was really surprised that how easy it was for Joe Burrow to find his receivers, you know, it was like he was sitting in the in the pocket, could have drank a cup of coffee, you know, had a bagel, whatever, and, and find his receivers open. Because um, this Bengals team, Dominic, looked like the Bengals team of old. And uh, yeah, for Buffalo, tough loss, Dominic. Uh, we'll talk about the Bills a little bit later, but huge, huge win for the Bengals uh, on the road in, uh, in a tough environment to win. Absolutely. The swagger was there from the very get-go in the snow. You'd think Buffalo's the team that's going to have the experience. Seemed like Buffalo was doing something completely different, and Cincinnati knew exactly what to do, which start off strong and take the early lead and never look back. And that's what happened. Joe Burrow, my hat's off to you because I thought, you know, as soon as I saw snow, I'm like, oh, this is, should be Josh Allen's, you know, He's in Buffalo. He's used to it. But no, it was Joe, the Joe Burrow show. And obviously, Jamar Chase, his favorite weapon, he went off five receptions, 61 yards, and one touchdown. The guy that I really thought played a huge game was Hayden Hurst, catching yeah. some massive balls at the right time on third down and delivering the goods. Both those players played a phenomenal game. And the running game, you mentioned it. Joe Mixon, 20 carries, 105 yards one touchdown they're moving on and why are they moving on well there's a lot of reasons i mean we all know that buffalo on defense you said what was the defense i think von miller not being part of the buffalo bills definitely hurt but if you were going to be handcuffed by just losing one player like von miller you didn't do your job man i know matt milano played a great game and he delivered i know my friends in ottawa like that line uh he really delivered he played really strong and at the end of the day there's nothing you can do. There's only so much you can do if you only put 10 points on the board. I mean, the defense allowed 27, but Josh Allen, where were you, buddy? 25 for 42, one interceptions, no TD. There's a reason why Stephon Diggs was pissed off after the game. And, you know, I think he's pissed off at you. He only got in this game four catches for 35 yards. That is unacceptable. I know there's snow. Buy yourself a better pair of cleats. I don't know what's the story up in <laughs> Buffalo, but... Quite frankly, 10 points on the board is terrible. And Sean McDermott, you know, dude, I've been talking about running the ball in Buffalo for what, for two years now? Again, you blow it. You know, you put Devin Singletary, six carries, 24 yards. James Cook, I mean, I guess they, were, they knew when it, when you saw James Cook on the field, five carries for 13 yards, they knew James Cook was going to run. So what's the problem here, boys? It's You need a starting running back, a three-down running back to deliver the goods, not having Josh Allen, who, by the way, 
after the game, you know, he started complaining about his elbow. Well, maybe you should start throwing the ball a lot more and not start blaming your elbow once you've lost the game. And, you know, you've been running your entire career. Sure, that's a weapon. And at times, we all thought to ourselves, I mean, might as well just let him do what he wants to do because Buffalo doesn't have the personnel or just the right play calling to, to have a really strong running game. So that's the story with, with Buffalo at the end of the day. The offensive line also is a questionable offensive line. If you could only pass block, you're not a really a good offensive line in Buffalo. So that's my my take on Buffalo. I really think that this, the fans deserve better. But, you know, this Hamlin story, as much as a crazy story it was, I think it was overpowering. In other words, it took too much attention off the entire Buffalo Bills roster. And I mean, maybe it was like too much to overcome, if that makes any sense. But uh, we yeah. saw a bit too much, in my personal opinion, on that story. That being said, Buffalo, you draft a running back, your first pick overall next year, and things might be different for you next year. Yeah, tough for the Bills, Dominic. I think you said it very well. Putting up 10 points is, is you know, is shocking, really, in any football game for this offense. Uh, Josh Allen having a very good year. And in this game, just not on the same page as the receivers, it looked like, especially Stephon Diggs. Um, Early in this game, he had Diggs open. It was like the second play of the game, I believe, with his first first drive. And uh, Diggs just run a go route, and he overthrew him, and they just didn't didn't seem to click. That was a big one. There was a play where Diggs run a corner route, and uh, Allen threw it more to the sideline. And and you know you could tell they just weren't on the same page. And this is tough for the Bills, Dominic, because people are talking about them winning the Super Bowl, being favorites to represent the AFC. And then now for this squad, look, they have they have questions to answer for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of the favorites again to going into the season next year, you know, no doubt about it. But you know, this Buffalo team has uh is you know been been talking um or I should say that, you know, people have put this team on a pedestal for a while now. And unfortunately, they just haven't been able to perform uh, come playoff time. And, you know, this is a game you need to win. You're at home. You're playing a good Bengals team. Granted, yes. But uh, this is a Bengals team that was hurt. Uh, they were depleted on the offensive line. And like I talked to you, you're playing at home. You're favorites. You're the Buffalo Bills, right? You're, this is your time. And I don't want to say the window is closing. But with right now Cincinnati only getting better with Kansas City there in the AFC... And with teams this year in the AFC that didn't do so well that you could see bouncing back next year, uh, it's a tough pill to swallow for the Buffalo Bills. I know I'm not shedding any tears as a Dolphins fan. I'm happy the Bengals won this game. I am glad they did. And for Cincinnati, Dominic, you said it perfectly. This team has swag. Joe Burrow, cool as a cucumber. Joe Mixon as well, Dominic. He, you know, he he talks the talk, but he can really back it up. And in this game, he had 105 yards. And, you know, it was an impressive 105 yards. He was running with purpose, breaking tackles, uh, you know, doing all that stuff to, to get his team pumped up. And, uh, you know, what he uh, he said, you know, a few times that the Bengals are the team to beat in the AFC. And I think he's showing uh, right now why they are. Good to see him back. You know, obviously, he... Um, he was uh, in in out of the lineup for a while uh, in in the past few seasons, but uh, you know now that he's healthy, Dominic, and uh, you know ready to roll, this Bengals team is uh, is exciting, Dominic, and it's going to be a great game. I can't wait to preview that between Cincy and and the Bengals, and we'll see if uh, you know Mahomes can finally finally beat Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's going to be a great game, and you mentioned Mixon. This guy had a tough start to his career. You know, like he had some problems with the law and uh, yeah. for him to overcome that and being where he's at today that's a testament to his fortitude so hats off to Joe Mixon and Samjay Perrine doesn't get a lot of attention but wow this guy also is a phenomenal backup running back Cincinnati seems to have it all that offensive line you thought that hey no left tackle no guard Buffalo's defense should be walking the park they were ready so you know, Zach Taylor, I'm not a big fan of that coach, but I'm, he's starting to grow on me. When you win big games like this, you know, you deserve to go to the AFC Championship. Yeah, 100%. And that they are, Dominic. And they will be playing the Kansas City Chiefs for the second straight year. Kansas City moving on after a gutsy win over the Jacksonville Jaguars, winning 27-20 to 20, uh, in that game. And, uh, you know, it wasn't pretty at uh, at all, uh, all all times for the Kansas City Chiefs, but they get the job done nonetheless. Of course, Mahomes, that scare Dominic. 
uh, having to get off the field, being checked out. But thankfully for Cincy, he was able to come back in the game. Credit Chad Henney went on a long, long 99-yard drive, uh, going 5 of 7, 23 yards with a TD in this one um, when when Mahomes was out. And, yeah, you know, Jacksonville, they stuck around in this game. Unfortunately, it was... Um, it was enough to beat Kansas City, and I don't think many people predicted the Jags to, to come up victorious in this one, and they didn't. But, you know, Jacksonville still a great season nonetheless, Dominic, and uh, I think they got a lot of good things going there uh, for the Jags. And uh, don't forget that they got Calvin Ridley, right, that's going to be on this team heading into next season. Um, they're getting them via trade of the uh, from the Atlanta Falcons. So, you know, this offense could be even more uh, explosive heading, uh, heading into next season, and a lot of good things happening out of Jacksonville. But right now, talking about the Chiefs, and they'll be moving on. And, uh, yeah, playing, uh, like we talked about, Dominic, those Bengals for the second straight year. And I like this win for Jacksonville. You know, look, not a – sorry, for Kansas City. Not a pretty win, but still a gutsy win nonetheless. Was it impressive? Mm, not really, Dominic. But, look, a win to win in the NFL. And uh, they'll be uh, they'll be moving on, and uh, their season continues. Yeah, I mean, you got to give a little luck, a little, little fairy dust fell and uh i don't know this is a lucky win let's be honest it was a lucky win when your quarterback gets a mangled leg like that and you expect a guy like chad Haney to go all the way across the field right after and get a touchdown there's a little bit of fairy luck dust there that uh definitely helped out the kansas city chiefs jacksonville i mean trevor lawrence definitely started off really well he went 24 for 39 217 that first touchdown throw was like okay this yeah. guy came to play but unfortunately, that's as good as it got for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, Andy Reid, you got to just tip the hat to Andy Reid. This guy's been in the league for a long, long, long time. He was in phase when Pat Mahomes went down. He kept on calling his plays, doing what he had to do, and mixing them up very well. Out of nowhere, Isaiah Pecco having a huge game, 12 carries for 95 yards. Seems like there's always an unsung hero that pops up. But it all goes through the one and only Travis Kelsey. So either Travis Kelsey is a phenom, that's this Hall of Famer, he's going to become the best tight end, or some people might think that he's already the best tight end to ever play the game, going for 14 receptions on 17 targets, 98 yards, two touchdowns. I'm going to chalk that up as bad coaching. I mean, we talk about it game in and game out, that Travis Kelsey is the key to this offense. So if defensive coordinators don't realize that, that means there's just a lot of bad defensive coordinators up in the AFC that just can't get their hands on Travis Kelsey and slow him down. You got to do that. You got to do whatever it takes. Get a couple penalties if you have to. Get in his face. Be rough. Get him off his game. But we don't see that. We see Travis Kelsey, for whatever reason, always getting the ball in his hands. I'll credit Andy Reid on that for probably great play designs. But if I'm the defensive coordinator, just put three guys on the guy. Let's see who else could beat you, whether it be Tony or Schuster or Scantling. Get me somebody else than Travis frigging Kelsey. So <laughs> as, as much as the guy is amazing, I'm not ready to say that this guy is going to be the best tight end to ever play the game. I want to see another Super Bowl minimum, right? Because the guy only has got, he's got one Super Bowl. Yeah. Look at Rob Gronkowski. That guy's got a lot of Super Bowls. That guy truly had a great quarterback in Tom Brady, but at the end of the day, he won those Super Bowls. So we'll see how far Kansas City goes if they make it to the Super Bowl. It's going to be very tough with a mangled leg. We'll see how they play Cincinnati and whether or not they can have that same recipe and Travis Kelsey leading the way. But for now... I'm going to chalk this up as an Andy Reid victory. So congratulations, Kansas City. You're moving on. Kansas City is moving on, Dominic. And like you talked about a lot due to Travis Kelsey. It's pretty incredible how he just always seems to be at the right place at the right time for Patrick Mahomes. Personally, I think that that this duo between Mahomes and Kelsey is the best in the NFL. You know, there's a lot of good ones. You look at Cousins and, and Jefferson, of course, is uh, you know another one that comes to mind. But whenever the Chiefs need a big play excuse me and Mahomes is in trouble it's always Travis Kelsey coming out and in this game was no different the 14 catches like you talked about 98 yards the two touchdowns and I don't know it's tough is is it bad coaching is it is he not getting double teamed 
it's and it's almost frustrating for a defense. And if you're watching this game and you hope the Kansas City Chiefs lose because they just have this connection that like it, it just it's second to none, Dominic. And a lot of it is due to, to Andy Reid. You're you're definitely right about that. But it just I think just the IQ of both these players is what puts them over the top. You know, you can have skill. Um for days, right? And we've seen, you know, obviously everybody in the NFL has skill, but Kelsey and Mahomes, I just think their football IQ is through the roof, and, and that's uh, what allows them to excel time and time again. They're going to need to see a heavy dose of that if they want to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals' favorite in this game, believe it or not, uh, heading into this week, I guess the Mahomes injury is uh, playing a factor into that. Let's jump to the NFC right now, Dominic. We had the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. Philadelphia crushing the Giants in this one, 38-7. Look, first, my first reaction to this game, uh, well, I picked the Giants in the upset. Um, not surprised to see the Eagles win whatsoever, but very surprised at the score, Dominic. This game was never close. Uh, the Eagles were able to do whatever they wanted in this game, whether it was running the football, uh, whether, you know, it was, you know, throwing the ball um, as well and, uh, you know, finding guys off of play action. But it was it was really like a, a lot of that ground game that got the Eagles to where they are at this point in the season that, you know, propelled them to victory here. Kenneth Gainwell, 12 carries, 112 yards, one TD, good for almost 10 yards a carry. Then you got Miles Sanders, 17 rushes, 90 yards. And of course, you got Jalen Hurts doing his thing with a rushing touchdown. And this is tough because the Giants had a very good year, Dominic. For me, they beat expectations. I did not think they were going to make the playoffs. Uh, and you can make the case that, uh, you know, Brian Dable should win coach of the year and a very good chance that he might win uh, that, that award, but for, it, it's a tough way to end the season. You know, you don't, it's a tough way to get blown out in any game, but for it to be a last game of the season against your bitter rivals in the Philadelphia Eagles, I don't know. The fight just did not seem to be there for the New York Giants like it was all season long. Uh, Daniel Jones, 15 of 27, 135 yards and a pick. Couldn't really get anything going on the ground game. And, you know, it was uh, it was a New York Giants team that, you know, just seemed to kind of run out of steam, Dominic. They had a heck of a year. They upset some teams. They upset the Vikings last week. And, uh, you know, a, a tough way for the season to end for the Giants. I think they have a bright future for sure. Uh, I love what I saw out of Daniel Jones this year, but this game was all Philadelphia, Dominic. And, you know, they showed that uh, regardless of, uh, you know, coming off a bye like last week, that there was going to be no rust for them and that they believe they're still the uh, the team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, Philadelphia steamrolls the Giants. That offensive line just knows how to push people around, <laughs> taking the victory 38-7. to my hat's off to Nick Sirianni, this young coach coming in against Brian Dable. And we've been talking about Dable all year, but it seemed like as soon as it was 14-0, the Giants became a little bit one-dimensional. And Daniel Jones, unfortunately, it's like he couldn't deliver. I expected him to run more in this game. And the reason why I'm preaching that is because Daniel Jones is not a great quarterback. However, under Dable, he seemed to be able to mix it up very well. But a few guys didn't really help him out. Darius Slayton, you know, one reception, four yards on five targets. They saw that this guy was not playing his old self. I don't know if he had an injury, but he was god-awful. Didn't help Daniel Jones whatsoever. And when you got to rely on Richie James to be the guy to deliver the goods, I mean, like, you're going nowhere, especially against the Eagles' defense, which is very strong. And uh, this game was over by halftime, 28 nothing. Put the kids to sleep. Don't bother watching the end of this game because <laughs> done, literally done. And that's just a testament to how good the Eagles are. And they, they just didn't let up. You know, there's, yes, the third quarter, they didn't score any points. But at this point, they're just running the ball. They're making sure the clock's ticking. And they just want to get out of the game healthy and just move on to the NFC Championship. And that's exactly what they did. Jalen Hurts, a lot of people, including myself, I'm still not sold on Jalen Hurts, but this system fits him like a glove. Kind of very similar to a lot of different running scheme systems that I've seen. Baltimore had a good system with Lamar. Very similar, except these guys have wide receivers to back it up. Devontae Smith, six receptions, 61 yards, a TD. This guy, for a young guy, playing a big game, delivered the goods. Dallas Goddard, which to me, this guy is growing and growing as a superstar tight end. Keep an eye on this guy. Five receptions, 58 yards. I think he found himself a franchise 
where he, even though there's superstars like A.J. Brown, they still need him. He's a great blocker. And boom, they deliver the goods 38 to 7. Pack your bags. You're heading to the NFC Championship. Yeah, Dominic, they are. And it's a huge statement win for them there. And like we talked about, just never really seemed to be in doubt for this Eagles team there. Um, and it was their bread and butter, right? It was their run game. It was their, you know, their RPO, what they like to do out of the backfield. And, you know, um, we talk about Joe Burrow looking calm as a cucumber. Did Jalen Hurts ever look just that in this game? Not being um, sacked more than once in this game, not throwing an interception. And, you know, this was the, the Philadelphia team we're used to seeing. Like I said, I was concerned there'd be a little bit of rust maybe in the in the first quarter. And uh, and the Giants would able to be able to take advantage of that. But uh, they definitely, definitely did not show any rust in this game. We'll talk about the Philadelphia and San Fran a little bit later on, Dominic. But put you on the spot here. New York Giants now heading into next season. What do you think they do? And do they keep their team? That you know, obviously they they you could say exceed expectations this year. Um, you got uh, you know got a few rumors of Saquon Barkley potentially leaving. I'm not sure I really buy into that. But uh, what do you think the uh, the Giants look uh, look to do heading into the uh, the off season? Well, first and foremost, the way that Saquon bounced back and the way that he played in that first playoff game, you're not letting this guy walk. This guy, yeah, agreed. Franchise, agreed. this guy will deliver. During the season, he delivered in the playoffs. In this game, what, nine carries for 61 yards. We all know that the game was over by halftime. He couldn't get involved as much as he wanted to. The question mark becomes Daniel Jones. Last week, I'm saying this guy, you know, you're going to deliver for multiple years because I thought the way that he was developed this year gave him so much confidence that he deserved a new contract. And he still probably will get a new contract. It's whether or not. It's for more than three years. Let's put it that way, because this was a stinker. And why is it a stinker? Well, it's a stinker maybe because the guy doesn't have a lot of weapons at right receiver, or it's a stinker because Daniel Jones just is a bad quarterback. It's probably a little bit of both. So the Giants have a very tough decision to make. Do you want to make Daniel Jones your franchise quarterback? To me, when you start off and creating a, a culture, new coach, and are you winning with this new coach? The coach is going to decide whether or not Daniel Jones is going to be the franchise quarterback. Can he deliver multiple wins all the way to at least, you know, a Super Bowl run? I think they can. I think that he's not going to demand a lot of money. At least I don't wouldn't expect Daniel Jones to demand <laughs> a lot of money. So can you build and add superstars around this roster to get further than the divisional championships? So I think they can. I really like what they've done all year. I think Daniel Jones has a lot more talent than we thought with his legs. And since that's our big recipe to success currently in the NFL is running with your quarterback, because we just don't have a lot of great quarterbacks, unfortunately, in the league that can pass the ball, then you got to find a, another creative way to win. And Daniel Jones is a good runner with the ball. So I expect that to be the million dollar question is whether or not you let Daniel Jones just do what he does best, which is a mixture of both. Because if you bring in another quarterback here, is Daniel Jones going to regress? I think he will. I don't think he yeah. can handle another big name coming behind him as a backup. And if you're going to draft a, a quarterback, which I expect them to do, draft one only in like round five. I mean, look what San Francisco did. And look at what your Miami Dolphins did. They brought these young quarterbacks in the seventh round. I mean, it's probably a fluke. You don't see that obviously happening often. Yeah. But don't give too much pressure to Daniel Jones because I just don't think he can take it. And it's probably just going to set off whatever beautiful, you know, game plan and culture they have currently in the locker room. Just progress with what you already got and see where the future can lead you because the building blocks are there in the Giants. And I just think that maybe a couple more weapons that wide receiver is the missing ingredient to get this team over the top. Yeah, that's where I was going to go with Dominic. You know how, how I love my wide receivers. It's it's pretty mind-boggling how the Giants were able to win as many games as they did. You know, I, I don't want to take any, you know, credit away from the, the receivers they have now. But guys like Richie James, you know what I mean? And then you talk about Cager, Darius Slayton, Bellinger, Isaiah Hodgins. It's like, you know, I, I haven't heard most of these guys heading into the season. Um 
let alone know know about them, uh, you know, know their backgrounds. Like it's it's pretty crazy um, that you know I feel the Giants were able to put up the points they did uh, without uh, without really star you know um, at stars at the receiver position. And you know you said it well, Dominic Saquon Barkley in the year he had incredible bounce back. You're super super happy for him. I don't think there's there's anybody in the uh, in the entire world that doesn't like Saquon Barkley. Um, you know he plays with passion. Uh, you know, or, or a, true, a true team leader, a captain, uh, and a guy that, you know, any any team in the NFL would be happy to have. But I'm with you for the Giants. Heading into next season, you do whatever you can to keep Saquon, um, and you definitely try and get a, uh, a wide receiver or two to help out Daniel Jones. At this point, it seems that's what they're missing. You know, they're missing a few things, of course, but the most glaring need to me is that the wide receiver position, um, and we'll see where they go from there. The Philadelphia Eagles will be taking on the San Francisco 49ers, Dominic. 49ers handled their business 19-12. Kind of the score, uh, a score I per, uh, I saw uh, in this game. You know, not really a, a surprise to be that low scoring. But uh, San Francisco, Dominic, moving on. Brock Purdy undefeated. The story continues. Uh, curious to get your initial thoughts on the 49ers win over Dallas. A huge victory, especially for all those long, classic you know, old school fans that just love an old school rivalry. This one had it all. You know, 1912 is maybe not a pretty game for current fans who are used to like 35 points a game, but I <laughs> love this football game. This was like a smack mouth football game where whoever came on top was going to be through power and strength. And that came through the trenches. The defensive line of San Francisco beat the offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys. It's that simple. Dak looked like the old Dak, like the guy that I don't even know how this guy got this huge contract. If I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, as I saw in one of the videos, this guy destroyed his television. That's how mad he yeah, was. I saw that. It's just so typical Dallas Cowboys fan. They just want to win so desperately. It's a, a huge franchise. It's been, it's been around forever. It's America's team in a lot of people's eyes. And to go 23 for 37, one touchdown, two pick. Yeah, ugly. I mean, I did like CeeDee Lamb showing up in this game. 10 receptions, 117 yards, 13 target. But was it too much of a one-dimensional game plan? Probably. Clearly, Tony Pollard's injury completely changed the the game. I mean, this guy was dependent on. And that kind of like one-two punch with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard is the reason why the Dallas Cowboys are this far in the playoffs. Mike McCarthy, you know, he did a really good job keeping the game close with what he had. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan, just freak, this guy keeps on winning. I'm not a fan, but I got to have respect guys that win. This guy is consistently in the NFC Championship, kind of like old Andy Reid. You know, Shanahan has got the Shanahan bloodline. He knows what to do to win football games. And he won this one with a freaking seven round quarterback. When is this guy going to lose, William? When is Brock Purdy <laughs> going to lose? Because all he's done is win in the National Football League. This guy might be the franchise quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers moving forward. They win this football game 19 to 12. You ask when Brock Purdy's going to lose, Dominic. Two more games and he's Super Bowl champion. So I don't know if he's going to lose this year, Dominic. Uh, Stay tuned for our our previews, uh, folks, of uh, the game coming up between the 49ers um, and the Philadelphia Eagles. But yeah, for Dallas in this one, Dominic, it's tough. And, you know, uh, Dak had a great game last game, Dominic. And, you know, I I, have buddies with a few Cowboys fans, and they said, look, we're super happy for Dak. We don't want to hear anybody criticize Dak anymore, blah, blah, blah. And then for him to lay an egg in this one, and just the way it happened, Dominic, both of his interceptions seem to be elementary picks. Like, this is interceptions you see, uh, like, out of rookie QBs, right? The, The first one, I get it. It was third down. You're trying to make a play, but, you know, no one's open there, and... That second one, it was as if he didn't see any defenders, as if he thought it was practice and he can't just going to throw a hook tier to my receiver and boom, it was undercut, tipped, and then intercepted by another 49ers player. This is a bad game for Dak. And I think this is the worst possible scenario for him, not only to lose the game, but to lose the game the way he did, Dominic. And I don't expect the Cowboys to move on from Dak. I think Jerry Jones is uh, is going to stick with him and he'll be the quarterback. But I've said it for a while, Dominic, and... The Dallas Cowboys are a great team. 
They have a great offense. They have a great defense. For me, the reason they haven't been to a Super Bowl or close to it is because of Dak. And I just think his level of inconsistency has hurt the team. We've seen great things out of him, right? I think he's a great leader. I think he's a team player. Uh, he seems to wear his heart on his sleeve. And I love the way he played last week against uh, Tampa Bay. He looked great. He looked like an MVP candidate in that game. But then to, in this game, to play the way he did, Dominic, if they had Cooper Rush playing in this game, they would have had a better chance. Um, yeah, Dak did not look good. And unfortunately for him, it's going to be a long, long offseason. He's going to have to answer a lot of questions. And, you know, there's probably going to be rumors about the Cowboys drafting a quarterback or going after, you know, a quarterback or two. I don't see that happening. Uh, I wouldn't I would be surprised, not shocked. But, uh, you know, I think I think Dak is the guy in, in Dallas. And, um, yeah, I just think I, I feel for him, Dominic, because it's not the way you want to end the season, of course, on a loss. But putting up 12 points, Dominic, 12 in the most important game of the year where Dak just looked, you know, frazzled and he just did not look calm. And, look, credit the 49ers defense. They're the best defense in the NFL. They made plays. But when you're being paid like you, you know, like, the way you are if you're Dak Prescott and you wanted the money, you know, you sat out and you did everything you could to get it. You got to perform, Dominic, and you got to put up more than 12 points. You got to be the leader of this team um, on and off the field. And unfortunately for Dak, it was, uh, you know, a, a familiar way to end the season for him and, uh, you know, the team coming up short. It's a very good football team. But yeah, the Cowboys and Dak can have a lot of questions to answer in the offseason. Yeah, if I'm the Dallas Cowboys franchise ownership, I'm thinking, give me another quarterback to put pressure on Dak Prescott. You got to get this guy's play elevated, especially in key football games, because this guy does not deliver. I know you guys were talking about potentially that the Cowboys game was just an amazing game for the Dallas Cowboys and this and that. But let's be honest, Mika Parsons won that football game. And yeah, Dallas did make a couple touchdowns here and there. But Dak Prescott is not a great quarterback. Anybody who tells me that Dak Prescott is a great quarterback doesn't know their football. I'm just sorry. You can throw whatever stat you want at me. Tell me how many Super Bowls a quarterback gives you. I'll tell you whether or not he's a good quarterback. And granted, Dan Marino didn't win a Super Bowl. And yes, he's still obviously a great quarterback. But those are far and few between. You don't find that kind of like quarterback. It just gets, you know, he's got that monkey on his back and just was never able to deliver. It's very yeah. rare. Dak Prescott was given a huge contract, a contract that he didn't deserve, in my opinion. Mike McCarthy is one of the greatest coaches in the NFL. And he's the guy who was getting all the bad press. He's the guy who's basically was almost thrown out the door. That would be the stupidest move. If I'm the ownership of the Dallas Cowboys to protect Dak Prescott on the back of Mike McCarthy, who he has a Super Bowl is to me uh, ridiculous. So we'll see how that's going to play out. I honestly think, that what Dallas is missing is another quarterback. It's that simple. The running game was there this year. The defense showed up a couple of times this year. The wide receivers, seems like CeeDee Lamb's developing quite well, but I honestly think CeeDee Lamb would be just fine with any other quarterback than Dak Prescott. That first interception he threw reminded me of an old Super Bowl that I saw where Neil Donald, after halftime, threw a pick to nobody there was not a receiver in sight it's really really similar i didn't see a receiver in sight all i saw was a san francisco 49er db saying thank you goodbye it's like you just, that's just you can't make that play you're a professional football player and you're going to tell me you're going to throw to nobody at least that's how i saw it there was yeah. nobody there san francisco interception happened and the game was over that that's how i saw it yeah they stayed around a little bit here and there but at the end of the day San Francisco knew exactly how to win this football game, which was run the football, get the clock going, and let's get out of town as quick as possible. They delivered 19 to 12. Dak Prescott, you better have your best season that you ever had next year because, quite frankly, if you don't, you'll have no choice but to find yourself a new franchise because I would show you the door. Yeah, Dom, it, it, it's tough now. You know, you, I'm glad you brought up Mike McCarthy because I feel like a lot of people are split on him. I talked to a few people um, that, uh, you know, that know their NFL. And, like, they're like, you know what? No, Mike McCarthy is, he, he needs to go. Not not a great coach. And, you know, a guy that's that had, quote unquote, stacked rosters before and that's not able to get the job done. But you're like, you're right. He has won a Super Bowl. I'm still 50-50 on the Mike McCarthy thing as well. Not sure how I feel about um 
him as a, oh, yeah. as a they're, they're throwing yeah. the wrong guy underneath the bus. I mean, like, yeah. come on, it's not Mike McCarthy for crying out loud. How much more wins does these guys have to, you know, to show everybody that he's a winner? I mean, of course, he lost his football game. He's the coach. At the end of the day, you're playing chess. You're the one moving the pieces around. But you need a quarterback to execute. Dak Prescott did not execute. It's that simple. Yeah, it's it, it didn't. And like you're right. No matter who's coaching in that game, uh, you know whether you got an offensive guru um, that uh, you know that knows the the Cowboys inside and out, or you got a guy like Mike McCarthy. Um, he, he didn't. And look, he's not going to go out there and play the game. And you know, I do agree. Uh, coaches a lot of times get the bad rap uh, for their team's performance. In this game, for sure, you know, was on Dak. Um, and uh, you know it's it's tough to say otherwise. Of course, the injury to Tony Pollard was scary. That hurt them. Who knows what would have happened if he stayed? Uh, looks like he got surgery, and hopefully he'll be ready for the uh, for the upcoming season there. Because uh, you know that was that that was a tough blow for this Cowboys team. Yeah, I'm um, just I'm just tired. People protecting yeah. Dak. They're always protecting Dak, and I'm tired of it. I want this guy to show up and deliver. If not, get out of Dallas. That's all I'm saying. You know, I I think bringing in a quarterback may may be a good idea, Dom, just to put some pressure on him. Like you said, like uh, I I don't see him um, being anywhere else next year or being QB two for the Dallas Cowboys. I think that he's going to be a starting quarterback next year. But you know, you can make the case that you know maybe there is QB trouble with the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and I think you know bringing in a, in a quarterback doesn't hurt Dominic, right? You know, on a cheap contract. Um, you know whether it's uh you know whether it's a, a veteran, uh, a guy who's just starting in the NFL, just to say, come on, Dak. You know we expect more from you. And and for me, it's just the fact that Dak sat out, got the money, and then uh, and then you know he just showed he showed signs of greatness at times but it's also you know greatness shown greatness come on william <laughs> at, at times big word. Come on. you know dallas I, dallas has been like like this for for a long time now that's why i'm yeah. pretty much frustrated i mean you had the tony romo show for the longest time you had the another horrible quarterback and for whatever reason we again he retired and we put him on his pedestal like he was actually really good dallas has not had a quarterback for over i don't know 15 years give or take it's that bad in Dallas, and that's why I have no pity whatsoever for this franchise. Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, who's next? Might as well bring in Carson Wentz. <laughs> At this point, you never know. He's bounced around from NFC East team to NFC East team, so hey, crazy things have happened, Dominic. You never know. So, as mentioned, we have our AFC and NFC Championship games to preview, Dominic. Let me tell you, this was tough for me to pick. And I have to say, I, I only, well, as you and I record this, it's it's uh, Wednesday. I only made my pick just today for one of the games. And, uh, yeah, it's tight. We got two, two tight games in terms of, uh, you know, uh, in terms of point spreads, Dominic. But, you know, let's talk about the games itself before giving our actual picks. We got first game on, uh, on the day, 3 o'clock, Dominic, on Sunday, San Francisco. Francisco 49ers playing at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles favored by two and a half. For me, Dominic, a big storyline to follow in this one. And, and, you know, and it may be an obvious one, but it's Brock Purdy. He hasn't lost a game yet. He's undefeated. And there have been times this playoffs where he seemed to be a little bit rattled. And, you know, not that that's a bad thing. Of course, you know, we, we didn't expect this guy to come in game in game out and, you know, put up 300 yards and have an 85% completion percentage and, you know, a QB QB rating through the roof. But there are times you know, how he, how they started that first game against the Seattle Seahawks pretty looked a little bit, you know, I guess you could say shaken up. In this game against the Cowboys, the Cowboys have a great D, one of the best defenses in the league. There were times they were able to get to Brock Purdy. So for me, as much as we talk about this Philadelphia run game and, you know, Jane Hurts being an MVP candidate, this Eagles defense is for real. They play with swag. Um, and obviously they're going to do whatever they can they can to get to Brock Purdy, get to his head, you know, talk that smack, you know, you know, do what they need to do to come away victorious in this one. So I'm really curious, the storyline and the player for me to follow in this one, maybe, maybe an obvious one, but it's, it's Brock Purdy. And, uh, you know, for, for all the reasons that we mentioned in previous shows, being Mr. Irrelevant, the fact that he's undefeated, uh, the fact that he, you know, just, he's, he seemed like he's been calm uh, and cool for, for most of his games at times, even when, you know, times get rough. And um, yeah, that's a, that's one of the big storylines for me, Dominic, heading into uh, this NFC Championship game is Brock Purdy. Yeah, you have to clearly look at the quarterback position being the most important on any football team. Brock Purdy, listen, he's playing behind a system that fits him extremely well. 
Kyle Shanahan has placed him in positions where he has not come back in any football game so far that I've seen. Hasn't been down 14-0 against the Eagles. If I'm Philadelphia, I'm trying to hit home runs early in this football game because I want to put the pressure directly on Brock Purdy. And Kyle Shanahan knows this. So this is going to be a hell of a chess match because both of these teams match up so well. The San Francisco 49ers defense against the Philadelphia Eagles offense. That to me is where it's going to be won. If Philadelphia's offensive line, who I honestly think after watching football all year, what's impressed me the most out of any football player wasn't a player. It was the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. They manhandle teams left and right. The problem is now you're going to have to handle the best defense in the NFL. And that I don't know exactly how that's going to turn out. Is it going to be, you know, we got so many great football players on that San Francisco defense. We've got Nick Bosa, got Javon Kinlaw. These guys are amazing. Fred Warner, to me, came out of nowhere. He's been balling out like crazy. It's going to be interesting. Eric Armstead, a great defensive tackle against the Eagles offensive line, who, you know, we talk about Travis Kelsey being amazing. How about Jason Kelsey, the center for the Eagles? This guy is a stud. And I mean, it goes on as well. You know, Landon Dickerson, this guy was drafted early. He is a great left guard as well. So I don't know. Lane Johnson might be a little bit old. If I'm the San Francisco 49ers, I'm trying to disrupt Lane Johnson to get to Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts is going to feel it. Now, he's not going to be able to run his probably his traditional, you know, I'm going to kind of like try to run the football if I don't see a a wide receiver open. He's going to have to be more methodical. And I don't know if he's going to be able to deliver because he's more like a play action quarterback. Let's run the football, run the football, run the football. Give me a play action pass down to A.J. Brown or to Devontae Smith. He's going to have to use the key to their offense is going to be Dallas Goddard. Because I think Dallas Goddard can find a way to find holes in the San Francisco defense and to really put the Eagles in a big position. So look out for A.J. Brown to get an early touchdown or Devontae Smith to get an early touchdown. If they don't, and San Francisco manages to stay in this football game, the longer this game is close, the more that it's going to be an advantage to the San Francisco 49ers. So to answer your your question, is Brock Perry able to win the NFC Championship? I think he is if the game doesn't get out of hand. Yeah, yeah that's well said, for sure. If it's going to be a shootout, if it's going to be back and forth, I think things could get a little bit difficult there. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm really curious to see how the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball against this defense, Dominic. They've been able to do it all year long. But the San Francisco 49ers defense is different. You know, we've known that. We've talked about it all season long, uh, the 49ers. And their secondary is good, too. They just seem to be everywhere all the time. Um, and uh, and yeah, like you don't want the stage to be too, too great for your um you know, your seventh round pick, me, your Mr. Irrelevant there with the San Francisco 49ers. Um, but I, I can see this being a close one. I can see it being t- uh, tight up into the end. You ready for our picks, Dominic? Let's do it, William. Okay, so for me, I went back and forth in this one. This was a tougher game of the two for me to predict. My mind was telling me something. My gut was telling me something else. And when it comes to sports, I always trust my gut. And, you know, has it paid off for me before? Yeah, sometimes it has. Sometimes it hasn't. But I'd be kicking myself if I didn't trust my gut in this one. I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers to win this game and to advance to the Super Bowl with Mr. Irrelevant. And this and San Fran does it again back in the Super Bowl after being uh, beaten by the Kansas City Chiefs just a few years ago. Look, Philadelphia's favorite in this game. I completely get why they are. And my mind was telling me, pick Philly, pick Philly. You know, they're at home. You got to play against a young quarterback. But something about this 49ers team, Dominic, I just can't get out of my head. They find ways to win games no matter who. They could put my grandmother at quarterback and they would find a way to win this game. That's how good this 49ers team is. And I think they're going to get the job done. I could see it being, you know, kind of a a grind out similar game to the Dallas Cowboys where it's going to be a lot of running smash ball football, not pretty at times, but still fun to watch. Nonetheless, I think it's going to be a battle. I really do think it's going to be close throughout the entire course of this game. I'm going to say this game actually goes to overtime, Dominic. And I think it is San Francisco that comes away. Like I talked, like I said, 
victorious. Give me the 49ers. I'm going to go final score, 28-22 San Fran. A rushing touchdown by Christian McCaffrey in overtime to send this team back to the Super Bowl. San Francisco does it, and San Francisco punches their ticket to Arizona. I love the pick, William. It's really, really ballsy of you to take a rookie quarterback to bring them to the Super Bowl. I mean, it'd be crazy if that happened, but I got to go with the Philadelphia Eagles, William. (laughs) I have to take the Eagles. I don't like the spread. I'll be honest. Minus 2.5. That's the devil's spread. In other words, anything can happen in this football game when you got a 2.5 spread. But like I talked about it earlier in the show, the Eagles offensive line is by far the thing that I've been the most impressive about. And I honestly think that when push comes to shove, they will be able to handle San Francisco. It's going to be hard. Jalen Hurts has to play a mistake-free football game. And Nick Sirianni, a coach that hasn't been in this position before, needs to be a bit more level-headed. And I say level-headed because he's got a lot of swag. He's got a lot of cockiness. You know, he's trying to create identity. But in this football game, it's all about not making one mistake. Because one mistake can cost you this football game. It's going to be close. I think Jalen Hurts handles himself well. I think Purdy, you know, that's going to be a, a classic football game. So he's going to be in it. He's not going to be rattled. He's going to be in it to the very end. But at the very end of the game, give me Philadelphia in a close one, 20 to 17. Hey, I like it, Dominic. And you know, if the I could see the score being very similar to that uh in, in this game. You know, a lot of we're in the football, chewing the clock. And uh yeah, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I had a feeling you were gonna go a sad round, but I like it. Always cool when we kind of uh, agree to disagree in this one. Let's see. We got the next game, Dominic. Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I mentioned, second straight year seeing these two teams meet in the AFC championship game, Dominic. Since he favored by one and a half. Pretty incredible to think that Kansas City at home with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and all their weapons, um, that they're underdogs in this game. You know, you got to think that uh, his injury, Mahomes' injury, is playing a little bit into this and a little bit of a factor into it. Obviously, he's going to be playing this game. He may not be at 100%, but Mahomes will most definitely not miss Um a playoff game ever in his career, and unless he really, really has to, of course. I'm going to throw it over to you, Dominic. Cincinnati. Kansas City rematch. We got punching the ticket to the Super Bowl. Oh, this is going to be a great one. <laughs> and obviously, we would love to see Pat Mahomes healthy as he can be, but he's not. He's going to be the one leg quarterback entering. And that leg, as mangled as, as it was when the play happened, it's going to be even more mangled because now you had time for a lot more inflammation to happen. Probably going to be a lot more sore. I'm sure they've been treating it as much as they possibly can. They're probably, you know, going to give it a, a couple shots of God knows what to numb it to make sure that he's ready for the football game. I honestly think that at the end of the day, that's the million dollar question. How healthy will that leg be? You know what? It might not matter because we talked about how Andy Reid was a great coach in the NFL and how that drive with Penny. Penny came down the field, delivered the goods. I don't know if Pat Mahomes plays this entire football game is where I'm getting at. And if Pat Mahomes doesn't play this entire football game, you'd say to yourself, well, obviously, you're going to have Cincinnati that's going to be able to take it. But you know what? It's not going to be the quarterback that's going to show up in this football game for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be the defense. And I think a lot of people are looking at the Cincinnati Bengals with great admiration because they pulled it off with a no offensive line and somehow they have all this Burrow connection with Chase. But you know what? Games are won in the trenches and Kansas City's defense is a hell of a good defense on the defensive line. You got George Kalafakakis. This guy came out early in the draft for a reason. He's a baller. Chris Jones, defensive tackle, huge guy. Frank Clark, Full of experience, Frank Clark is. He will deliver. Nick Bolton, amazing middle linebacker. I think that the Kansas City Chiefs will win because their defense gets two touchdowns in this game. That's right. I'm saying two touchdowns through that Kansas City defense because the offensive line that you saw for Cincinnati last week had the advantage of the snow. That will not be the case. Kansas City wins this football game 27-10 to through two TDs, through the defense, chalk it up. Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl. 
Well, Dominic, it looks like this is the second straight game where we're not being agreeing with one another. I'm going with the Bengals in this one. And I'm not going to lie to you, Dominic. I'm a little bit surprised. I thought the way you were pumping Cincinnati, Dominic, you were going to pick them. Um, the way you picked, talked about them after beating the Bills. I like it, Dominic, kind of throwing me off there. I'm going to go with Cincinnati, Dominic. And I'm going to go with Cincinnati because they're offense. And I get what you're saying. Kansas City, you know, smart coach. Andy Reid and their defense has come up and has shown up. But for me right now, Dominic, is I just trust this, this Cincinnati Bengals offense with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Hurst that you talked about, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon. This team doesn't seem to go away. And they've won, I believe it is 10 plus 10 games in a row now. I'll have to double check that have the Cincinnati Bengals. And they don't seem to be slowing down anytime soon. And I think Joe Burrow. He's going to have a similar game like he had against the Buffalo Bills, Dominic. For me, it's really tough to pick against Cincinnati. I think that he's going to be calm, cool, as collective as he usually is. And ultimately, I think it's going to come down to who is able to get a stop. Regardless of Mahomes and his injury, I think he's going to have a solid game. I think he's going to be able to put up points. We talk about it being difficult to beat a team three times in a row, four times in a row, whatever you, whatever you, it may be. And yes, it'll, it will be difficult for the Bengals to win again. But right now... This is Cincinnati's season. They lost last year in the Super Bowl. They had a tough year. And right now they're going all in because going back to back Super Bowl, Dominic, you know, in any year, you know, in any sport really to go back to the championship game is tough. And Cincinnati does not want to let that, you know, situation or the, the opportunity pass them by like they did last year, losing in the Super Bowl. And I think all that frustration, anxiety, and, you know, um, you know, Unability to get the job done last year is going to be what motivates them to come through and pull away the W in this one. I see it back and forth, and I see it really. Whoever has the ball last wins this game, and who's ever able to steal a possession wins this game. And I could see, you know, Mahomes either fumbling the ball or throwing a pick, trying to do a little bit too much in this game and trying to overcompensate, uh, you know, for for the fact that the you know this Bengals offense should be scoring at will in this game. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Cincinnati, Dominic, and it looks like we have. Two completely different teams heading uh, into the Super Bowl from uh, the AFC and the NFC. You got the Eagles and Chiefs. I got the Bengals and 49ers, Dominic. I think no matter what Super Bowl matchup we get, it'll be a good one. could be a rematch of a few years ago. It could be, uh, you know, the uh, Philadelphia, Kansas City. We got the the Kansas City, uh, sorry, the Kelsey brothers playing in this game. Uh, we're going to have Mr. Irrelevant playing. No matter what, Dominic, I think it's going to be in a, an incredible Super Bowl matchup. I'm looking forward to these games. Um and uh, yeah, you best believe I'm going to be uh, sitting my butt on the couch all day Sunday watching some great football. Um, that's it for the show, folks, this week. Hope you enjoyed. Curious to, to know your opinion on uh, who you guys think will make it to the Super Bowl. But once again, thank you to all of our listeners. Without you guys, the show is not possible. Shout out to all my buddies and Dominic's buddies that are listening uh, from, uh, you know, from across Canada. We really appreciate you guys. But that's it, folks. Enjoy the Super Bowl, folks. We got AFC, NFC Championship game this coming Sunday. Day. Enjoy. You are listening to CJLO 69 AM in Montreal.